Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. All right, welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and with me today, we're at Gallifrey One. I have Christelle. Welcome to the podcast, Christelle. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Um, for our listeners that may not know who you are, can you uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell them a little bit about what you do? So one of the things I do is uh, I work for the BBC as a digital marketing manager. And my role involves running some of the social platforms for Doctor Who, the website, uh, and also working, working on the marketing campaigns of the series. I used to host a show called Doctor Who the Fan Show. Um, that was also by the BBC. Um, and that was on YouTube. We did that for about three years. Um, and outside of that, I recently worked on a book called The Women Who Lived with Simon Guerrier. And that was published last year. And I think we're going to talk a bit about it. Absolutely. Um, so your book comes out at a perfect time in Doctor Who history, especially now that we have a woman playing the Doctor. What inspired you and at what point did you say to yourself, I have this idea and I need to write this book? It was literally when Jodie Whittaker was announced as the Doctor. I mean, I was so excited. I was just beside myself with excitement. And, um, and later that day, I just thought, now would be the, the perfect time to have an amazing book on uh, well initially it was going to be um, a combination of female characters and female production uh, staff as well you know costume designers and all of that and it, and it, it was going to be just too many people to cram into a book so we ended up I'm going to backtrack slightly actually um, so I had the idea to do a book anyway about, about women that are associated with Doctor Who so I approached Simon Guerrier. I'd worked with Simon before on a, on a book called um, Paper Dolls. So it was like an activity book. And I, I uh, contributed some cosplay tips to that book. And Simon's a really good friend. And I approached him and I asked him if he thought the idea had legs. And he did. And he said, I think that's, that's a great idea. And I said, do you want to work on it? Do you want to team up? So we put the pitch together, took it to BBC Books just to see what would happen. And BBC Books actually really liked it. And... Um, they wanted to commission us, um, but there was there was a lot of development uh, before b- before we got the green light. Um, the the idea changed from being a non-fiction book uh, about production, like the production team and the characters, to uh, a fiction book and uh, about the, the the female characters in the show, the women, um, and it, it it took on a bedtime stories format. So so each character has you know two pages or so sort of summing up their life story as a bedtime story and um so over 75 characters all of the companions uh lots of uh uh niche more niche characters like characters that will surprise you i think and um and it's beautifully illustrated by fans female fans as well so I really love that you did that. That was really exciting. And it like, it kind of, even though you didn't get to do the production side of it, at least you got to shout out a little bit of like the fans and the community and stuff. And that's really sweet. During this process, was there anything you learned about these characters that surprised you? Yeah, yeah. I There, there was quite a few things. I know Simon Simon did a few characters because we, we basically split the, we, once we had the list, we basically split the list in half. And, 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 and once we'd written up the, the, the you know the story we, we send the stories to each other to kind of edit and feedback and um so i know he's definitely got some with me i think the characters that surprised me were 
the villains because you're sort of writing about villains, you're, you're thinking about villains in a different sort of manner because you think of a villain and you think they're just nasty people, nasty, Cassandra, you know, all, all the things that she does just to, just to live, you know, she's, she's pretty nasty. Uh, Missy kills a lot of people, pretty nasty. And, um, and it makes you take a step back and you think, you know, let's get into the shoes of the character they really believe in what they're doing and they believe what they're doing is, is right. And, um, you know, Cassandra at the, end of the, at the end of the day is afraid of dying. She's afraid of death. It's sad. You feel sorry for her. And, um, you, you know, and, and even though the, the things that she does isn't, you know, isn't, isn't good, isn't nice, there, you, you understand the reasoning behind it and, and the, mo the motivation. And, and it made me see her in, in a different light. I think Missy, I'd love, I loved writing Missy. And, and, and Missy, well, obviously Missy is the master, so it was talking about uh, the master's story and, and, and the master, you know, becoming Missy and what happens to Missy, is that journey is just, it, it, is, it is a journey and a half and um, she really grows and changes. and um, Especially where we see her at the end of the Doctor Falls and everything. Exactly, exactly. So, so for me, I think um, there were lots of things, lots of, lots of things in Doctor Who that I, I was starting to see in a different light, I think. So. That's a perfect segue into my next question, which is, did you become attached to any other characters during this process? Do you know what? Do you know the, the character that I already had a fondness for? But once I got to write this character, I was just like, I want a spin-off. Trinity Wells, the news reporter, who appears in a handful of Russell T. Davis era episodes. Um, she's a reporter that, that reports on yeah, alien invasions and, and she's barely in it, right? She's like got, you know, a handful of scenes. Uh, you could probably count them on one hand. And um, we put her in the book and expanded out her story. I wish I had the book to show you um, because the, her drawing is amazing as well. Um, and I just thought there is so much here you could work with. I, I, I want a spin-off. I want at least. I want a big finish. I want a big finish because, you know, we see her her news reports, but but what is she doing behind the scenes? Because she she she's she's reporting on 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 big stuff in such a calm and collected manner. You know, I think about this with actual news report reporters, and they come into work and and they'll be they'll be briefed on on. You know, I don't really know how news works, but I'm sure that they they'll go in and kind of absorb everything that's been happening in journalists. And they have to be calm. And and how do you not let personal opinion get in the way? And and how can you not react? You have been very well known in the Whovian community for years. You've done so many incredible Whovian related projects as a fan with the BBC. How has it been transitioning from the fan community of Doctor Who to the professional community of Doctor Who? How has that been for you? Um, it's been a journey. I think when I first started the BBC, it was, um, you know, it, just I was in awe I, I was just in awe and and you know a few months into working there I got to interview Peter Capaldi and you can see if you compare the first interview the first year that I was doing the show right at the beginning and the last interview right at the end or even the interview with Stephen Moffat you can see well I suppose you can see how how I've progressed in terms of my experience but also you can see in the first episode well the first interview with Peter I'm very much fangirling. I don't really ask many questions because I'm in awe. I'm, I was and I was nervous. I was so nervous, and 
it was just completely I don't know just completely nuts and then you know throughout um, you know the years that, that I did it you know you, you do build up the experience and you, you also build up rapport with, with, with the, the people that you're interviewing because you usually see them again and again so um, so I think the first year doing it I think it, it was just amazing you know just, just in awe and, and not really able I wasn't able to process it um, I, I, and not, not to mention, I, I had worked in the. I mean, this is my chosen profession. I, I, I did film and TV at uni um, before I worked at the BBC. I started at the BBC on the Fanshawe in 2015. Before that, I was working for a post-production company. I was uh, I was, uh, I was doing some marketing for a startup. I was there for about a year. I, I was a runner on a, a well-known cooking show in the UK called Saturday Kitchen. I used to wash floors and make tea. Um, and so, so I was already in the, in, in the industry, however, this was Doctor Who, and it was just completely nuts. Obviously, you know, over, over the years, you know, that, that is going to wear off, I, I'll be honest, that is going to wear off, and, and you're, you're, you're going get, to get to know people, and, and it's less of a kind of fangirling experience. And you, in these scenarios, you do have to put your professional hat on. You are there to do the job, and you're not there to be a grabby fan. When I say grabby fan... It's like intense, and I had to dial it. You have to dial it down because obviously, I could, I could, you know, even at you know conventions, and you have access to the green room. I could wander up to anyone, anyone. I could, find, yeah. And I don't, I, I don't do that. I don't ask everyone for selfies. I don't ask because it's unprofessional. I'm there as a, prof a professional. I'm not there as a fan. So I have to remove that p part from me. Obviously, being a fan feeds into the questions that I'm asking and also my responses are going to be very genuine and that was one of the things that they were really adamant on they wanted to hire a fan to present this show because if you hire a presenter they're not going to react in a, in a, in a natural way so yeah so, so I'll, I'll wrap this up now because I've been talking for ages but um, this particular question but oh really you just answered my next question which was as a fan, has being part of the BBC and working on the show affected the way that you see the show? Yes, it's it's interesting. I mean, now now I'm I, I'm the digital marketing manager, and it's a very different kind of role. I'm involved in a different capacity. Um, I'm I'm at a, a higher level, and I'm I'm uh, you know on a day to day basis, I'm I'm having very important discussions about what's happening, um, and I think. I'm experienced enough now to handle that and to, to you know, it, that had been my first job as a fan. I, I wouldn't have got that job, to be honest, because you have to be able to put, you have to be able to put the fan part of you aside because you're not going to get your own way. And Doctor Who has uh, a, a, an awful lot of people working on it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a cog in a very big machine and so I might believe in something and I might really want something to happen, right, as a fan. And I, I can suge suggest the idea, but, I, you know, it's not always going to happen. And, uh, you know, I can, I can try my best, but there are, there are bigger things. There are bigger things that, you know, play at play. Yeah. So, um, so I think for me, it has changed my perception because I'm having a, a very unique experience that not, not a lot of um, Doctor Who fans 
get to have. And one of those um, being that you were actually a comic book character in the book. Well, there was that as well. I mean, obviously, there's all the novelty things and all the nice things. I think I, what I am referring to is, is uh, you know, knowing how the sausage is made, knowing what goes on behind the scenes, knowing, um, you know, yeah, what, what, I don't know, the good and the bad, I have to say. And, um, and also, there's stuff like knowing what's coming up in the show knowing knowing see you know n knowing plots seeing scripts seeing advanced copies of episodes um I, I have to to market the show i have to know what's in the episodes to plan content that we're going to be doing on social media um and so it's it's necessary and um that has changed my experience because for, for I've been at the BBC for four and a half years and in that time I've not watched Doctor Who with the rest of the, the fans and the rest of the community. It's a very isolating experience, I think. Um, it's not Because people say to me, you're so lucky you get to see episodes in advance, right? I love my job, I do love my job. However, one of the things it, you know, that it takes away as, from you as a fan is the shared experience. Because I see, I see these episodes uh, and, and I, I, you know, I, I know, I know details about series twelve, right? I know, I know what the opener is going to be. I, I'm under NDA, non-disclosure agreement. I cannot tell a soul, and that is a very isolating experience. And I can talk about things at work, and and, and that's what I do. I work with with Luke, um, who appeared on um, quite a few of the fan show episodes. He's one of my closest friends, and. Um, We'll go for lunch and we'll, we'll, we'll talk in the canteen. Not too loudly because, you know, you don't want too many people to hear. And so usually, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have a conversation to get it out of our system because we want to share. We're fans. You know, we want to share with each other. We want to share, share the excitement. But we do that alone. And it's, it's me and a few other colleagues that, that, that work on, on the show who are fans. And we'll just have lunch together and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I love I, I love what I'm doing at the moment, but I won't be doing it forever. And um, I, you know, I do want to move on at some point, and I do look forward to uh, when I can experience the show unspoiled. I think, and with everyone. Um, and that, that's I think for me that's the biggest change. I think that's the biggest loss. But there's so many gains. Obviously, you know, I, I, the experience that I'm getting for my career is phenomenal, and um, I'm very lucky to be able to. Be doing what I'm doing and I think being you know being a fan does lend, lend itself to the job because you you understand fans you understand what they want and so I can put those ideas forward and and it's it's much better to have somebody knowing somebody who really, cares. really cares and really gets it you know um, at, at a deep level working on on things like that yeah I think it's, it's necessary so Excellent. So, wrap-up question, yeah. and just for fun, if you could build your own TARDIS team with your own doctor and your own companions, who would it be? Uh, build my own TARDIS team, uh, just anyone, or... Oh, my... Oh, God, 80s episodes. I would like... Actually, do you know... Actually, do you know what? I'm, scratch everything I've just said. One of the things... One of the... The, the, the companions, or types of companions I've, I've wanted in Doctor Who since I became a fan is um, a firefighter. And I'm a big fan of a show called London's Burning. It started in the 80s and it, I think it finished in the early noughties. And in the first series, there's this character called Josie and she's a firefighter and she's one of the first female firefighters, you know, specifically in that, in that uh, watch, that, 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 yeah, that, her specific job. And, um, 
and it's met with I mean the men don't like it anyway but she um, you know she's there and she does it but like I think like doctors and policemen I think they or police police officers because let's not gender that um, I think uh, firefighters are very good in in um, tough situations and I'd like to see a female firefighter I'd like to see Josie Josie in that in the first episode you, it's like it's like Rose you see the world the, 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 the world of these firefighters through her eyes and it's so interesting I'd love that I'd love a firefighter companion yeah that would be cool well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us I know Galley's crazy and it's you know we're all running to panels right now any last thoughts anything you want to say um the Women Who Lived is on sale now. You can get it on Amazon and in all good bookshops. And uh, if you ever meet us in person, we, we would be more than happy to sign it. So, uh, yeah. Thank you so much. No worries. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templegeek.com? There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you so much for Christelle for joining us at Gallifrey One. My name is Monica and we'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.